Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Um, I just want to give another shout out to Pastor Mark, and you know, it's really a privilege to be up here. And um, you know, the fact that he trusts me to be able to speak for him is a big deal, and um, I don't take that lightly. And so, in fact, um, Kelly um, thinks I have a little bit of a man crush on him. <laughs> but it's because. He is a man who submitted to God, and he hears his voice, and he listens and obeys. And who does not want to follow after someone who does that, right? I mean, would you rather follow after the Lord or follow after some man's vision of what they think they should be doing? And so I just love the fact that uh, I'm here. I love the fact that God has placed me in this place. And um, I can tell you what, I'm just excited. Are you guys excited for 2015? Oh my goodness, super excited. Okay, so today, uh, what the Lord, I believe, instructed me to uh, preach on was vision. And so um, I asked the Lord, um, you know, and I, and I asked him, what, what do you want me to, to bring? Because I just don't want to preach just anything. I want to preach something that's relevant to what we need to hear. And I believe that's what he has given me about vision. Wow, my voice is powerful today. <clears throat> Um, so let me be a little bit vulnerable with you. Let me pray first and then we'll go through vision. Okay. Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that's here. Lord, that breaks down all barriers. Lord, that just penetrates our hearts and minds by your word and your spirit. And Lord, we just thank you so much that as we begin to just dive into what you've brought for, for all of us today, Lord, that our lives will be changed and transformed by the renewing of our minds. Lord, we just love you, we thank you, we bless you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so vision. First off, I have to start off where this all kind of birthed out of and um, how I came to this message. And um, so about three weeks ago, it was about the week after winter camp, praise the Lord for winter camp, yeah, yeah, I'll be dealing with you youth here later, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I was laying in bed and... uh, the alarm went off, I think it was on a Tuesday or Wednesday after winter camp, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to get up. I just need a couple more hours of sleep, not minutes, hours of sleep. And I was uh, just, <laughs> stop texting me, I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> so I was laying there in bed and just like, oh, man, I don't want to get up. So I get up and I go take a shower and I get ready for work and I come to work. And I'm working away, doing my thing, but it was just not the same as normal. Can I, can I get an amen for whoever likes to sleep in? Whoever wakes up, hears the alarm, and says, no! Right? Some of you guys have to put the alarm across the bedroom so you actually get up, right? Uh, so the second day came past, came through, and I woke up again, and it was the same thing. I was just like, oh, man, I just don't want to get out of bed. I just want to stay here and sleep and relax. And, but yet I just got up and um, I thought maybe it was just kind of, kind of like the hangover from winter camp because it, it's a lot of effort to put those on, a lot of fun. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll just get up. So again, I get jump into my routine. I leave, come to work, have a great day at work. But the third day rolled around, okay? And that's when I knew. All right. And so literally my alarm went off and I was just like, ah, oh, again. And instead of just get, trying to get up and, and mope around, I said, all right, Lord, what's the deal? Has anyone done that before? Praise the Lord. I said, Lord, what is the deal? 
And almost the exact time that it came out of my mouth, he said, you've lost your vision. And I said, huh? And so I proceeded to ask him a bunch of different questions as I was getting uh, dressed in the morning. Um, I was actually in the shower. Who likes talking to the Lord in the shower? So you're getting extra stuff that I didn't give you first service. So I was in the shower, and um, I was naked and unashamed before the Lord. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Pastor Mark. <laughs> Mac told me to do it. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be talking about you guys' imagination, so stop it, all right? Um, <laughs> And so what do you say to the Lord when he's talking to you and he's giving you direction? What do you say to him? Yes, sir. I understand. Thank you very much for correcting me. And that's exactly what he did. He corrected me and said, hey, you need to get back on to get your eyes back on to some of the things that I have for you. Some of the things that I've directed you to do in the past. You need to start moving forward in those areas and not just kick it in neutral. So we should be going from glory to glory. Does that make sense? From project to project to project. From one saved life to another to another. So, again, wow, you guys are pulling on. I'm already preaching already. I'm not even started yet. All right. So, listen, uh, it's really important um, for us to know and have a vision. Super important. And so, Charles Swindoll said this. When you have a vision, it affects your attitude. And your attitude becomes optimistic rather than pessimistic. Okay? Our attitude becomes optimistic instead of pessimistic. Because so, let me give you a real life example that I think we can all, I would say all, relate to. Okay, in college I had what's called a Subaru WRX. Does anyone know what that is? It wasn't a normal one. It was souped up. It went fast. Vroom vroom. Uh, it was an awesome car. It cost so much that we didn't have usually have enough money to what? Put gas in it, right? Anyone been there before? You're like, wow, I can't afford to drive. It's beautiful sitting there. <laughs> so let me tell you the story about the Subaru. And what I want you to do is imagine with me, okay? I don't want you to think with me. I want you to imagine with me this scenario. And I'll explain why this is so important that we imagine together. Um, so imagine this road. If you have to close your eyes, go for it. Imagine this road that was straight and at the very end had a corner to it. Just a slight corner like this, Okay? Now imagine about three-quarters of the way down that road, on the right-hand side, there was a gas station that the gas was 20 cents cheaper than where I normally would fill up, okay? You got that in your mind? Now what I want you to do is imagine sitting in that car, cruising down the road, and seeing out of the corner of your eye the 20 cents off. Now if you are any normal red-blooded American, what are you going to do? What, what? And you turn your head back, right? Some of you youth boys have never done that before, have you now? <laughs> Not about gas, I mean. Um, so you turn your head back just to, just to check and see if the 20 cents is really true, okay? And then what happened? Bam, I hit it. That, there was a curb on the side of the road, and right where that road turns, my front end of the car hit the curb, slammed into it, and what is my automatic response? jerked the wheel, okay, which sent the rear end of the car and the rear tire into the curb as well, breaking both rims and causing a lot of damage, okay? So that 20 cents off a gallon eventually cost me $1,200 in repairs. Praise the Lord. 
you thought that car sat before. <laughs> so what happened was we went in, we had it inspected, did all the stuff, fixed it, replaced both all four rims, lower control arm, all kinds of good stuff. I like cars. Does anyone like cars? Praise the Lord. What a gift from God. <laughs> horrible to walk everywhere. Thank God for airplanes and stuff. All right. Now, there's two things I want to point out to you in the story that are very critical for us to understand before we move on. The first one being, how did you see it in your mind? Did you see the word car or did you see a car? Did you see a car? Okay. When you're cruising down the road, when you look back in your mind, did you see a gas station? How many of you saw just 20 cents on the sign? Several of you did. You did I didn't tell you the price, but you saw 20 cents and you saw the gas station. How many of you in your minds hit a curb before? Today, right now, hit a curb. Now, how many in actuality hit a curb? Or that's what I thought. Don't throw any stones at me, okay? It's not like, you're dri- it's not like I was driving the F-250, or I just like, bloop, bloop, right over the curb. It was nothing. It's a little car, little small tires, okay? Now, here's another question, and this is, a, this is the important one here. What color was the car you were driving? Black, red, gray, blue. Okay. The actual color of the car was the Subaru blue, and it had silver rims, okay? So, that just leads me to the point of this. The impression, the vision that you had in the scenario was one thing, but the reality was another. Does that make sense? The vision that you placed in your mind, that you had in your mind, was one thing, but the reality was another. Does that make sense? And that's so important when we have a vision from the Lord that we go to Him for direction and vision for our life because we will create in our own mind what we think we should do. In reality, we should go to Him and He will show us who we've become and then what to do. Does that make sense? Okay. And the second thing is this. second thing is this. What did I turn my eyes from? The road. I turned my eyes from the road. I took my vision off of where I was going, supposed to go, and put it somewhere else. And the other thing that I need to caution you on is this. Whenever you start doing and creating your own visions, it will cost you. It will cost you. When you don't do the things that God wants you to do, the visions he's given you and placed in your heart, it's going to cost you. And that's just the way it is. Sometimes it'll be time. Sometimes it'll be money. Now, that was $1,200 to fix the car. In reality, I've lost huge, vast sums of money by not listening to God. Has anyone else done that? Keep your hands down. You know, keep your hands down. Has anyone lost a vast amount of time? Now, you can raise your hands on this. By not listening to God and, and putting what he says in front of you. It's amazing how we do that. So that's a cautionary for everyone. Hey, when you have a vision from the Lord, stick to it. You know why? Because he loves you. He's got nothing but good things for you. Okay, John Scholey, I hope I did pronounce that right. Former CEO of Pepsi and Apple Computer said, The future belongs to those who seize its possibilities before they become obvious. So just as a review, uh, if you've lost your drive, you've lost your vision. Okay, we see in pictures is point number two. We see in pictures, and this is important for later. 
And then keep your eyes on the Lord's direction or vision, or it will cost you. And, uh, you know, for some people, look at Samson. What did that cost him? His life. See? All right, let's move on. So what does God say about it? <laughs> You're like, oh, geez, man, why did way to end on a low note? Let me tell you, okay, i got to stomp you in the ground to pick you back up and brush you off. So here we go. Let's find out what God says, because it doesn't matter. We can come up with great stuff. We can come up with great stuff to tickle our ears, to make us feel good, to even give us some goosebumps, right? Who likes goosebumps? No, it makes your hair grow and stuff. It's horrible. No. No, really. Uh, <laughs> but what matters is, what does God say about it, right? Do you think we should check in and see what God says? Absolutely we should, or else, what's the point? All right, so here we go. What does God say about vision? It says, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, there's like 11 K's in Habakkuk, all right? Habakkuk 2, verse 2, says this, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Write your vision down and make it plain so he who reads it can run with it, basically. And so what I want to give a shout out and say, too, was, was Pastor Allen. I don't know if a lot of you don't know Pastor Allen. He used to be the youth pastor here, and he's, he's doing awesome work other places. Um, he used to say this. He said, note takers are history makers. Okay? And so when God gives you something, like Kelly will make 50 pages of notes on one message. I'm like, honey, you got more stuff than I gave. Okay? And, uh, but at the same time, um, I just make the notes of what the Lord is speaking to me in the moment. So if you're not used to taking notes, start with the little things and then move from there. Can I get an amen? amen. All of you are looking guilty all of a sudden. Stop it. It's all right. Smile. That's why we have smartphones. Yay. All right. So make it plain. Write the things down that God has given you. And listen, get in the word. If you don't know, now you know. Get in the Word and find out the different visions he has for you. Okay. Second is this. Know who God has made you and act on that knowledge. Know who God has made you and act on that knowledge. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are his workmanship. Everyone say workmanship. Interesting. These are action words here. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Are we created to do something? Absolutely. Which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. Remember say walk, walk. In, them. in them. We are created for action. We are created for good works. We're going to find out where those good works come from and why it's so important we divide the two. But for now, just realize an action needs to be done. Okay. Search out the word and find out what God has turned you into. That's what it is. That's, that's the final point to that. Search out in the word and find out what God has created you to be, what God has turned you into. Okay, There are some good studies on that. Um, if you go to lcboise.com, you click under messages and you go down the line. Thank you very much, Bob, for that. You will find amazing, amazing insights of who God has made you to become. Just right here, Pastor Mark, again, my little man crush. Give me a break here, give me a break. Pastor Mark, I'm telling you, I'm telling you is just, mm, he's in love with God, and I'm in love with him. Because he's in love with God. I'm in love with you guys, too, because you're in love with God. All right? All right. 
Another story of acting is this. Saul slash Paul in Acts chapter 9. Let's give you a second to turn there. Acts chapter 9 of Paul acting here. So you have to understand that the, what Paul was and the function that he was playing at the time. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, he was the religious go-getter at the time. And he had zeal and he had passion, but it was all misdirected. Okay? So Acts chapter 9, verse uh, 3 says this, And as he journeyed near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Persecute me. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Now, isn't that a great question? <laughs> Who are you, Lord? <laughs> isn't that awesome? Sometimes in our life we have to ask, Lord, who have you made me to become? Who are you? Because I'm in you and you are in me. So who am I? Who am I? All right. Verse 5. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads or kick against the, uh, the thorns. So basically, uh, what you'll find out later in Paul's writings, that he was called, he, he was... Uh, uh, job description for the kingdom eventually was to be one of the, the greatest proclaimers of Christ. I mean, he wrote a bunch of the New Testament. And so, Jesus here is saying, hey, accept the call on your life. Okay? Verse 6, He, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Excellent question. Isn't that a great question? What do you want me to do, Lord? And then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what to do. What did he do? He immediately rose and went to the city. He acted. Whatever, that you, whatever you have, whatever picture the Lord has given you, whatever vision the Lord has given you to act on, start acting on it. And listen, we do things by faith, not by sight. Okay? The sight comes. Does that make sense? So when you receive Jesus, you don't receive him like, Oh, wow, man, I, saw, I won't say everyone in the world, but... Most people don't see Jesus show up and then receive him as Lord. It does happen in some places. But most of the time we do it by faith, knowing that he has done what he said he's done. Okay? So, knowing and accepting God's vision for our life. This is super important. This is, this is actually point number three under God. I know I'm confusing. I'm throwing a lot of info at you and I know better. But this is just something that's stirring inside of me like, so, so important. It's changed my life. Just to give you an example of how it's changed my life. Just to give you an example. Okay? Real life testimony right now. Three weeks ago, we came back from camp, and I was getting up just after worship to say something, and the Lord just came right out of me, and he said this. He said, your worship is a testimony to what I've done in your life. What? And he repeated himself again. Your worship, how you worship me, is a testimony to the people around you what I have done for you. And you know what? That has completely changed our worship. No longer do I think, do I stand here and say, oh, what if someone's watching or this or that? No. It's I'm worshiping God because he has changed me and he's given me a new identity and he's given me a new hope. He's given me all these things brand new and he's showing them to me through a vision. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay. Knowing and accepting God's vision for your life. Now listen, God has not made you to be an undercomer. 
God has made you to become an overcomer. Okay? He does not want us to be bound by fear. He wants us to be loosed with righteousness and love and passion and desires. God said he'd give you the desires of your heart. He didn't say desires were bad. No. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be full of his life. Full of life. Does that make sense? Remember, you will never die. Your flesh will disappear. But you will never die. All right. So what I want to just distinguish here for you a little bit is what a Christian is. We have to know a vision for what a Christian is or a vision of what God said that we were. Now, this is a standard, run-of-the-mill person here, okay? We're not talking a superstar Christian. There is no, no, Jesus was superstar, okay? We're talking a standard Christian. If you receive, watch this, watch this. If one minute you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the very next second, you are this person. That is what's so scandalous about the gospel. Scandalous. He says you've been saved 50 years or one second. I've created you the same. Isn't that amazing? Say it's unfair. You're right. That's why I put it all on Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So this is what a basic... Run-of-the-mill, everyone sitting here should be walking in this. You ready? Here we go. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. It's amazing. When I got a hold of this for the first time, let me tell you another quick testimony. Hey, you guys are pulling this out of me. This is awesome. When I started reading this, I said, God, where is this? Come on. Come on, where is this? Where is it? What's going on? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? Whatever. And (laughs) God's so funny. I was in California at another church visiting a friend of ours, a friend of ours, um, uh, Lino's friend of ours. His name is Dustin Collins. And uh, we were down there at a church. And this lady across from me had multiple sclerosis. And um, she she said, I'm feeling all this other stuff. And I've been asking God. All right, show me who I am. Show me what's the deal. How does this work? And something came out of me that I was like trying to pull back. And it said, I can take care of that for you. And I was like, no, no, no. And instantly I was no longer hungry. I was no longer hungry. Food didn't taste good. Didn't want to drink anything. And I was sitting there. Okay, what do we do? Okay, what do we do? God, you better show up. You spoke out of me. That's your fault. Not my fault. I didn't do that, you know. Can you say I wasn't in much faith? No, I was just, I was freaking out inside. But outside, I'm like, yeah, we'll take care of this. Uh, inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay. Because I didn't quite understand and I was just learning about my identity, okay. So quick fast forward. We finish eating. We go outside. I lay hands on her. And guess what? Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. She was healed. She had numbness in her arms and her fingers. Back instantly. Her back was having problems. Done instantly. She went back to her doctor. And they took her off like all these crazy medications and stuff. It was amazing. And I was just like, it works. (laughs) Right? It works. And so what happened in that moment? What happened in that moment is... I changed from having one view of what a Christian was, and God totally ripped off the blinders and said, this is who I've made you to become. 
now act that way. So I'll find out in Mark chapter 16 here what a baseline Christian, and let me, let me just get you a little riled up a little bit. <laughs> you have this inside of you, whether you believe it or not, whether you realize it or not, it's inside of you. It's inside of you. It's inside of you. You have made, been made to become. If you are a Christian, this is inside of you. All you got to do is figure it out and believe it. Does that make sense? There's a lot of good stuff on there. Okay, Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Who's a believer? Okay, we're going to have an amazing altar call after this. Amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm so ready. Pastor Mark, I'm going to beat your record. Because I only got like 10 hands in here. Who's a believer? Awesome. And those who aren't, you're going to get saved in a minute. And you're going to be part of this category right here. Whether you know it or not, it's going to happen. Do you know why? Because God said so. Mm. I feel you pulling youth. I'm preaching to the youth now. Okay. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Oh, that doesn't exist anymore. Baloney. It's right here. Got it. <laughs> Title deed right here. They will take up servants. If they drink anything deadly, it by no means will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, is that, is that pretty basic, right? That's a baseline, basic Anyone in this room can do that. What you need to do and what I needed to do was now have a vision, have a reality check. And so my reality needs to change into lining up with what God says versus what the world says about things. Does that make sense? What God says and not what the world says about things. Okay, so how does this apply to you? You meaning me too. How does this apply? It's important. If we don't apply things, we won't really learn them, you know? Does anyone know how to work on a car? Some of you guys do. Has anyone seen your oil changed? Do you feel confident that you can change your own oil? No? Have you ever seen the commercial where the lady comes out and says, you know, the car needs a quart of oil, and she pops the hood open, grabs the quart, and just pours it all over the motor? (laughs) And you're like... That was an expensive commercial. It would be hard to clean that thing off, you know? In the same way, we have to know and get a proper vision on how to do things, okay? So here we go. You, us, together, how does this apply? We have to correct our vision, and we must identify with who we are and not what we do, Okay? On multiple levels. We have to identify with who God says we are. Okay, this is the one vision versus what we do. Give you a quick example. Do we have any welders? Does anyone know how to weld? Oh, wow. Let's go. Let me start writing down some numbers. Here we go. <laughs> so you are a welder or someone who welds. Therefore, your identity is a welder. Therefore, you own a house and you have kids. But your life pretty much consists around welding and you know what you only act like other welders do because that's who you are right no okay let me give you another example personal example and show you a little bit of my life i was a football player yes i was i was a football player 
I had a vision of playing in the NFL and making lots of money and certainly not being behind this podium. Okay? God had other plans. Guess what? I picked up his vision. I left mine aside. And so what happened? My vision changed. When I said I'm a football player, everything in my life revolved around me playing football. So guess what? When I stopped playing football, guess what I still had? The identity of a football player. Now, it didn't help happen Help, excuse me, is Doug in here? There you are. Okay, everywhere we used to go a couple years ago, everyone would be like, dude, do you play football? Dude, do you play football? And Doug and I were talking, and he's like, dude, they just won't let you go on that, will they? And I'm like, no, they won't. But I have separated myself from that. And now I have taken on what God has said about me. Okay, so let me explain this really quickly. The world will try to give you a vision of who they think you're supposed to be And God says, I'm giving you a vision of actually who you are, okay? The world will say, your identity rests in a motorcycle. You ride motorcycles, you must be in a motorcycle gang. Therefore, you act a certain way. Therefore, you're a criminal. Therefore, you do all these different things. Sorry if you ride a motorcycle. I ride one too, it's okay. Therefore, you're a criminal. Therefore, every motorcycle that we see in leathers, we're going to treat the same way. You're automatically criminal. We're going to keep our eyes on you. Versus, and this is the way it should be. This is the way we need to see things. I am a Christian. Okay? I am a Christian. And because I'm a Christian, I act like a Christian. I talk like a Christian. And guess what? Life is open to me because God has no limits. Therefore, my identity is I am a Christian. Now, I just happen to ride a motorcycle, but you know what? At any time, I can get you healed. At any time, you can be set free, delivered. At any time, you can give someone life everlasting. And do you know what that happens? Now, some people will say, well, what about calls? What about things like that? You are, we are all, I'll say this gently, We are all predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, okay? The world is anxiously groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, whether you know it or not, you are a son of God, okay? But again, back to identity. Because you are a Christian, you just happen to weld, and therefore you spread Christianity all around you, You affect other people's lives. And when your time is done being a welder, guess what? You're still a Christian. And then God says, hey, hey, that was fun, huh? Yeah, watch this. I'm going to move you over here. And you're going to do this. And you know what? For you, it's no change. For you, it's nothing. Do you know why? Because you are initially a Christian on the inside. Does that make sense? Marriages. You didn't get married to be bound and like in with someone, you know, say your wife, say Kelly and I, you have a vision of what God has said, okay? And then you're able to have a wife, leave and cleave your, your family, and it's amazing. And you know what? You don't look left or right to something else because you have a vision of what God says about marriage, and your marriage is awesome. Praise the Lord. Okay, talk really quickly about vision of marriages is uh, Kelly, uh, God actually gave me a vision for marrying Kelly, an actual vision. I was driving down the road, and it came out from like right over here. Don't ask me how it worked. It just did. 
It came in. I saw it come right through the car and went bloop in my brain and showed a picture of Kelly. And the Lord audibly said, marry her. And you know what? I listened and obeyed. Praise the Lord. You guys aren't happy for me. I'm happy. Woo! All right. The second thing is, again, we must identify this point number two for you. We must identify as a Christian first, and we just happen to do other things. We are Christian first, and we just happen to do other things. The third point to this is very important as well. We have to renew our mind to what the Bible states that your vision should be. We have to renew our mind to what the Bible states our vision should be. So we can have a vision of, mm, I don't know. Well, I'm a Christian, I speak in tongues, but I just don't lay hands on people because that's not what God wants me to do. Wrong. Your vision is wrong of yourself. You want to get real? Let me get real, real with you. Second service, I can do that. Last night, I'm, I'm studying. You didn't know this, but I was here till almost 1 o'clock in the morning putting this together because I was like, God, i got to admit, you got to have my back, God. you got to have my back. I'm sitting in front of all these people. And he said, what? Have you not envisioned yourself preaching in front of the service? And I was like, man, got me in the heart. God, you know how to do that. Pull this thing out. And you know what I did? I immediately stopped. I said, Lord, you're right. And I immediately envisioned myself up here. And you know what? I've been, this is the most comfortable I've been up here ever. It's really, it works. It's the truth. It's hard preaching to you old folk. When you preach with you, I'm part of that old folk too. Don't, don't take that personally. All right. So listen, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. And it's Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind um, when you will be able to test and prove what is God's will is, his good and pleasant and perfect will for your life. Listen, we have to renew our minds to the things of God. Renew our minds to what God says we are. So when the Bible says, in him, you should say, in me. Right? Okay, let me keep you and just blow your minds a little bit, ready? Because this blew my mind when I first heard this. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, and you read about Jesus and his apostles, right? Anyone read those before? Okay. You can no longer identify with the disciples. You're done from this moment on. You can no longer identify with the disciples because the disciples weren't in your position. You know, you have to... Who you have to identify yourself with? Jesus. Man, he's got us. Can't run. Can't run from him. He's got us. Anyway, that's amazing. Identify with Jesus. Man, I'm having a great time. You guys having fun? I mean, I'm feeling the spirit of God come on me right now. I, I, I just sensed that some of you guys just had a shift that will free you up to be able to live for the Lord like you like really want to. Like you really want to. Okay, let's move on to we together. We together. What does that look like? As a church, we must accept God's view and go for it. And we say, go for it. Man, I'll tell you what. The brakes have been released, kicked off. We're cruising down the tracks. It's awesome. Let's go for it. That's one thing I love about when Pastor Mark, man crush, is uh, <laughs> when Pastor Mark is so in tune with the Spirit of God... It brings things that we don't even realize it brings. It brings unity. 
unified together. It brings, it makes our hearts being knit together. You guys don't, probably don't even realize that, but how close is this church? Man, I just, I just close to a bunch of you guys. It brings us together. It brings us unified in the spirit together as well. It bunch, brings a bunch of different things. It's so amazing. Okay, and man crush, move on. Okay. Another great tool for us is this. Another great tool is this. Life groups. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, why are life groups so important? Okay, let me give you an example. When God says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you are righteous, God has removed your heart of stone and given you a heart of flesh, it says God is giving you the mind of Christ, and what do you say? Yeah, right, God, I don't feel or think like that at all. Right? Does anyone feel that way before? Oh, okay, and let me, we'll have a deliverance service and we'll cast the lying devil out of you all too. No, No, a lot of times it's like, man, I don't feel that way. And I never saw Jesus out of his mouth say, when you feel that way, you will be. No, he says, you are that way. And so what life groups do is they, um, they allow us to pray together and to share our different struggles, different things going on, and to encourage and exhort one another. No, man. God says you have the mind of Christ. You can overcome this problem. God says in, in um, James that if you lack wisdom, ask and he will give to you liberally. He, he says all these different things, but if we're not around someone who will encourage us to move forward, then it's tough. It's like this. Okay? I don't go to the gym at all. Wink. And, uh, just kidding, I go to the gym all the time. I, I have a great time with God in the gym. Any, any gym, gym rats in the house? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, I go to the gym. I currently do not have a gym partner, and that was not an invitation either, I'm just saying. <laughs> I currently don't have a gym partner, but when I did, guess what? It was, you show up to the gym, or they show up, and you're like being lazy, and they call you up and say, hey, bro, what's up? You're like, oh, dude. Man, I just forgot to buy pre-workout, and I'm not going to go work it out. This, your gym partner's like, what? No, 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 no. Get your backside over here, and we're going to lift. Today's chest day. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't really feel like it. You know what they say? They don't let you off the hook. They don't. They say, get down here. Well, I don't feel good. Get down here. Let me lay hands on you. You're going to feel better. Let's, let's get our workout in. You know what I'm saying? Does anyone else feel that way? No. But that's what, that's what life groups really help do. Not only that, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with life groups. So get involved with life group. That's my plug for you. That's my exhortation. Get involved in life group, okay? So we as a church. Okay, this, here's the hard part. And this is, I'm about to close really quickly. Here's the hard part. We have a choice. This is where the rubber meets the road. We have a choice. You can know a lot about God. But if you never choose to accept his vision for your life, it's over. You're done. You're stuck. You're stuck. You're not going to move anywhere. And it's going to cost you. It's the choice. And we have to renew our mind to what he says. So let me give you an example. Just a quick example. A Marine. Has anyone served in any military function or form at all? Awesome. Thank you so much for serving. But let me tell you something. When you walked in the recruiter's office and you signed on the dotted line, were you a Marine? Yes. You were a Marine. The moment you signed, they owned you. 
They owned you. Right? Your will no longer mattered to them. You had long, beautiful, flowing hair because you were a surfer. And they sit you down and they buzz you. Okay? And then what do they do? Oh, man, you've got the nicest clothes. So amazing. Woo! And what do they do? They take your clothes and issue you. No, these are regulation clothes. Put these on. And they don't ask you about anything at all, do they? Oh, come on. I know you're not feeling good, but get out of bed. It's okay. We're going to go jog a couple of miles. It'll be all right. We'll have a nice little salad for lunch. And this could be great. No, nothing like that. No. Get up. Get your clothes on. You got exactly a half a second to have your bed made, dressed, and standing at attention. And it's not, well, maybe. No, it's, yes, sir. And if you don't, guess what you're doing? Push up till you puke. You know, I, I've never served in the military, but I have some friends who do. And, you know, they told me stories like that, like just craziness of what they would put you through. But you know what? In very few short months, you took someone who looked average. And guess what? In a few short months, they looked like a what? Marine. In the same way in our lives, we have to hear and see what the Lord has called us to be. And then listen to him expand and create the vision of what he wants us to be and do in our minds and our hearts and then start getting after it. We just got to go. Does it make sense? Okay. I'm going to leave you with this quote quote right here. Actually, you know what? I'm going to read this first. Andrew Carnegie said, If you want to be happy, set a goal that commands your thoughts, Hmm. uh, liberates your energy, and inspires your hopes. So I'm telling you, what is so amazing, and what makes us completely different than the world that is in bondage, completely different is, one, God can renew your time. He can make things speed up so fast. He can change you in a blink of an eye. It's amazing if you just submit to Him. Number two is this. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Guys, I love you very much. Um, I really hope this made an impact in your life, and we're going to pray together. So what I want you to do is, if you can say this with me, say, For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For me and my house, we will have God's vision for our life. If you can, see, if you can agree with me, say amen.